Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the I'm Picking Podcast. This is episode, what's 19 21. plus 10? It's 21. She was doing gonna do the do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Now know. I can't do it again. It's improper for a reason. You know. I couldn't even think about it because now it's not gonna sound the same. I think this is the intro. We're at episode 21. I wanted to do the meme 21, but like, <laughs> but I guess I really believe I didn't know. And um, anyways, we are here with a special guest today, a very special organization, and Overdose. I am your host, Ooh. Bren. I'm Nan. Mickey. Devin. And we have an overdose, Darcy. Theo. Oh yeah. Where do we look? I don't even know. Oh, you're right. Right. There Darcy, you look here. Yeah. And, and generally, you could just like look at each other when I. Okay. Unless you want to, you know, speak directly <laughs> to the yeah. audience. Yeah. The he wall. spoke to the camera the, the whole time. Whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, like I really shame. I don't know what to it? do. Yeah, I totally yeah. would have done. I've been like, I don't know. <laughs> Someone help me. Well, we're really happy to have you guys here. Thank you for being here again. This is end overdose and. Keep in mind that at the end of this episode, we will be doing a, a naloxone training. Yep. Oh, Please yes. stay. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. stay Please to the end. Stay. Um, and you'll learn throughout this episode why. Like, everything's about saving someone's life. That's Yer. just what it is. If everyone's educated, then we get to a place where everyone can always act. If there's an emergency situ- situation, everyone can act instead of looking left and right and thinking, all right. Yeah. Can someone do something? Yeah. And the more knowledgeable yeah. you guys are, the better chance and you will have. You know, for- like, I know this is a more, like, serious episode, but it's very, very important that you guys watch and listen, please. Especially you could in save our community. someone's life. To make it clear, too, especially in our community. Because, yep, yep. unfortunately, um, in our community, a lot of people face nearly overdosing all the time. A lot because you know drag drugs are very drags drugs are very <laughs> prevalent in the rape community and mm-hmm. the sooner that we can recognize that we can't tell anybody what to do but yeah. we can't yeah. tell them what to do if something goes wrong so again tune into the end of the episode it's also very sexy to know what to do in a tough situation yeah. hot people so are in our can. Yes! yes i love that shirt that yeah. you guys made i wear that all the time yeah that's the best. I love the switch. I'm just like over here being like all serious, and she's like, "Yeah, but hot people care." Yeah, it's sexy. Come on now, be sexy. <laughs> all right, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I'm serious. Back into the now. Back into the third segment. I'm done. Can we can we just take a moment to acknowledge that we have end overdose on I'm peaking? Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. What a collab. <laughs> We're here to bring it down, man. Just kick down the yeah, door. Kicking the door. That's how it's gonna lead out. Well, thank you guys for coming today. Um, we're yeah. super happy to have you guys here, mm-hmm. and uh, we have a ton of questions for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah people are very have uh, so many questions regarding like everything. Yeah. And overdose. Yeah, because you guys are uh, a newer organization, right? Or at least I can only speak for my understanding. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you guys five years ago. I'll tell you that. Yeah. We did Didn't not exist, exist five oh. years ago. Wait, when did you guys start up? Yeah, exactly five, right? Yeah, like 2018, exactly uh-huh. five. Huh. But it wasn't until probably 2020, 2019 that we really started to gain a lot of the traction that we did. And it's really been the last like two years, year and a half. When did yeah. you um, I started, I haven't been with End Overdose uh, working for a year, but I've been volunteering since almost the beginning, probably wow. like 2020. I started yeah. as a volunteer. Um, and then, yeah, it's really picked up in the last year. Ever since I started, it's like constant events and it's been amazing growth. Yeah. How'd you guys get involved originally? Yeah, I mean, originally for me, like 
the story of like how it all came to be is uh, like when I was 13 years old, I broke my leg and I got addicted to prescription Oxycontin. Oh. So have you guys ever heard of Purdue Pharma before? No. Yes. yes. I okay, perfect. So they were the drug manufacturers of a prescription drug called Oxycontin. It was basically just like prescribed heroin. Uh, broke my leg and got prescribed like 80 milligram Oxycontins as a 13 year old, Jesus. which is uh, a pretty, pretty insane with like free refills. They're like, yeah, just fucking yeah, do it. So, <laughs> like, so young too. Yeah, it was crazy. And I mean, part of the reason why that drug was so dangerous, or it was, it was very misleading. They marketed it as a non-addictive opioid solution. Uh -huh. They said, Hey, it'll take your pain away. Don't worry. Nothing bad will happen. And uh, I was probably on that for six months until I got into high school and then started using heroin right away. Wow. wow. And yeah. so that started a cycle for me. I, I eventually came out to California to get sober. I uh, lost my fiance from a drug overdose when I was out here. And wow. I lost a lot of people that were really close to me as I was going through that process. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't until I became a paramedic and really started to see how easy it is to use like naloxone and respond to a lot of drug emergencies that mm -hmm. it, I thought it was so strange that... Um, certain areas in our life don't have those things right uh part of it and I'll, I'll bring it up just because it's like in in kind of like this setting right is not only in like drug treatment centers and sober livings where these like naloxone wasn't made available but like as part of a culture if you're someone that uses recreationally like a, a great analogy that i'll use is like people smoking weed right mm -hmm. like if you've mm -hmm. ever smoked weed before the first thing that happens is someone teaches you how to do it you smoke out of like an apple or a can and like you work your progression yeah. up yeah. right how to move your thumb get the air yeah. <laughs> like so but part of that process there's something that's lost and all that whether you're you know like a you know med student or a doctor that uses like mushrooms on the weekend is the safety aspect of it right mm -hmm. which is just as simple as just like hey man what do you do when it all goes wrong Right. Like we're not yeah. here to tell you to do anything. We're not here to moralize this. This is just the other side that like we're missing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, as a paramedic, you know, I experienced so much death on a regular basis. I eventually like I really just wanted to help people and impact their life. I became a L.A. City fireman and uh, I work in MacArthur Park, which is one of the most affected areas in our city in Los yeah. Angeles. And uh, with end overdose, what we've really tried to do is make it as we're not trying to tell you to do anything. We just want you to see it in the places that you would go out. It would just be a normal function of your day-to-day. You're going out process, right? Have it in the aspects of society that we really need to have this and, and make it as easy as a click of a button or you're at a festival or you're at a show and you can just have it, right? Yeah. It's not like a big thing. It's not like crazy. It's like part of your going out plan, mm -hmm. right? So It's like part of your kit. It's like part of your kit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a festival. It's part like, of your you festival know, kit. Yeah, put it in like, there. Yeah. Phone keys, wallet, not locked yeah, up. I always yeah, make sure that I have one every time Same, I go to a festival. Yeah. yeah, it's always in my bag. Water. Yep. You know? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Keys, right? And so there's like lots of different things, right? Now we focus on naloxone, fentanyl test strips, but there are many drug emergencies that we're, we're bridging it to. And mm -hmm. that's one portion of what we do. We also work with schools, education systems, drug treatment centers. <sighs> Aren't you guys partnered with like some colleges? We are. Yeah. So we have uh, cool. right now. Yeah. I think we have thirteen or fifteen college chapters oh, that we formed in the last year. Yeah, they're awesome. Mm -hmm. I like every single one of our college chapter presidents are are amazing. They yeah. do amazing work. Everyone in their group does amazing work. We brought, geez, how many did we bring to EDC? Like forty eight. <laughs> yeah, we had about a team of fifty, mostly wow. of college students yeah. at EDC. Mm -hmm. That's actually yeah. really cool. And it was it was super cool. We had people from like Alabama, Florida, like all these different college chapters coming mm -hmm. together to work on it. So we gave out ten thousand doses in three days, 
and uh, mm-hmm. right now we're on track to hopefully give out a hundred thousand this year. So Honestly, it's really possible. Great. You guys are yeah. going to do that mm-hmm. so Absolutely. fast. Yeah. That's, that's so awesome. Though. I really wish something um, like you guys existed when I was in college. Because mm-hmm. like, I know that's, at least for me personally, that's like when I got into, I guess, that side of, you know, partying. And um, But I always tell the story of um, the person who uh, kind of, I guess, administered like my first um, session of pre-workout uh, was at like my school. Um, we had a sun god festival at UCSD, which is like our big festival that year. And um, the way he did it was like, he like gave me like full instructions, like, okay, like don't, don't take this. Like at this time he gave me like melatonin and he gave me like five HTP. He's like, take this like 24 hour, 24, what 48 hours after. What kind of pre-workout after. is this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like, like, you know. melatonin. For, it's for, a habit. Yes. <laughs> Pre-workout is what we call anything in the uh, uh, party. Well, party favors. Yeah. We just like this sounds like some stuff that we can't say in the yeah. podcast. Yeah. 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 Caught on to that. Yeah. yeah. So okay. Party favors. Now we're yeah, establishing yeah. language. Yeah. Viewers at home. Code, yeah. code word. Code word. Yeah. yeah. But Got but it. anyways, he he like instilled with me when um when I first did this. It was just like um the mantra that I believe in is like there is a responsible way to do everything irresponsible. Mm-hmm. And I think that that definitely holds true. I mean, I think there are obviously, I don't think it's with everything, but I think with most things, like especially with party favors that you can apply that. And so it's really cool yeah. like, what you guys are doing. Cause personally, like I stopped doing party favors like three, four years ago. Like, I mean, cause I started raving in like 2016. Obviously I did, I was a baby raver. didn't know what was happening. Um, and then I just eventually stopped because just for me personally and mentally, I wasn't in a good place and I just quit it altogether. So I'm really happy to see you guys like prosper and like EDM festivals because we need you guys there. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I think it's also cool too because I can only think about similar organizations like yourselves that I, I dealt with growing up like D.A.R.E. Like they did not mm. do it right because yeah. that definitely pushed people Dare. in the no. opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah, like abs- abstinence teaching yep. sort of thing. Whereas, like, here's the thing. I, I'm, I, I'm a firm believer in this. You can't tell anybody what to do. You can just tell them, here's how you can prepare for the worst yeah. if it comes to that. Yeah. So, yeah. like, when you guys showed up or when End Overdose appeared, I was like, this is exactly what the, the rave community needs. Because, mm-hmm. like, I speak from my own experiences. Like, I, I tend to uh, act as the rave dad and take care of my friends. But there's always that one who chooses to, oh, I'm going to go in and irresponsibly, yeah. like, have a good time knowing that there's a friend who's going to take care of me. I'm like... I'm not a med student. Yeah. I'm not a doctor. I don't even know how to use naloxone yet. Sure. Like, I know mm-hmm. how to like keep you or get okay. help and get help. But uh, that's exactly. It. No, yeah. the number of times I take people to the medical tent because that's all I know how to do at mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Everyone needs a rape pad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> How did you get started in like end overdose? Yeah, well, I started uh, just a a bit about me. I grew up in LA and I went to UCLA. I just graduated last year. Oh, Oh, congrats. 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 Thanks. Yeah, about a year out. um, And really kind of, it all kind of intersected in a funny, uh, coincidental way. And, Uh you know, I started kind of going to raves around 2019. My first experience was like a Chris Lake and Fisher back to back. And I was like, oh, I love this place. Nice. That's good. Um, I was so like, I fell in love with EDM. But then I started to realize that people were um, sometimes using irresponsibly. And those that were, um, you know, I got really worried mm-hmm. about that. And I 
through a friend found out about end overdose actually in like a super random way i'm from mm-hmm. pasadena and that's where our headquarters are nice. um and i wanted to be at the at the time kind of still now a psychiatrist so i studied psychobiology um really interested in mental health and intersectionality of you know substance use and then i started you know volunteering and started doing nonprofit work with end overdose it just kind of was what i liked to do at the time and you know i was seeing people using drugs and then i started kind of giving fentanyl test strips to friends of mine and seeing a lot of test strips coming up positive um and i was like wow this is like real life work that i'm doing and um actually seeing people lives like saved through just being a volunteer like packing kits but also giving it to my community um and then i got a a bit more heavily involved in um dance music and over time i you know uh he kind of saw that i loved events Mm -hmm. and invited me to kind of work and make sure people are seeing our mission in the event space which is one of the best ways to get our mission like message across um so yeah, I just now now for about um, almost a year, nine months, I've been curating events and making sure that people get the resources they need. Yeah. Um, again, we're neutral, non-biased. If people want to use drugs, um, they shouldn't have to pay with their life um, yeah. for making a personal decision. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. So um, no matter what people decide to do, I just want to like make sure no one dies from something as frivolous as like a, a personal party choice one night. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think that there's been a phenomenon on the rise of like fentanyl in like substances right now? Like, have you guys investigated that? That's always the question. Yeah, because obviously there's been so many deaths recently because like people don't know that isn't it like a little speck of fentanyl could just like kill you like that. Uh, Two milligrams of fentanyl. Yeah, Mm -hmm. which is very small. Um, My understanding is that, you know, it's it's kind of about potency Mm -hmm. and um yeah, my understanding is essentially you can make your product a, a lot more potent um, and use less of your product um, wow. by putting in a bit of fentanyl. Um, so we're seeing it in things like cocaine, ketamine, even mm-hmm. marijuana these days. And a question I get asked a lot like at festivals, I'm like, hey, have you ever heard of naloxone? Would you like to learn how to use it? They're like, I don't use drugs. I don't have friends that like, I don't use opioids. I don't use Percocet. Why yeah. do I need to know about Narcan or naloxone? Yeah. And I'm like, well... Unfortunately, it's yeah. getting in everything these Big days. Misconception yeah. to make product a bit more potent. Yeah, wow. yeah. Weed Do you have anything here. to? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, weed. It's like it comes in there. Usually, it's like when it's broken up. So usually, yeah. it's like mixed uh, in with something. Like okay. Yeah, it's like in there, but it's not like you're going to a dispensary and like they're coating it. It's usually like yeah. mixed in. Someone's passing around like a blunt, and mm. then there's something mixed into it, and mm. that thing has it. They smoke mm. it, and then they have like that type of issue. At least that's where we've gotten it reported to us. Yeah. Uh, we have like anonymous reporting process that people can do. So we monitor that. We don't do a lot of alerts because at this point it's kind of prevalent. But mm-hmm. there was actually a really good book it, written in 2019 called Fentanyl Incorporated, where an investigative journalist goes to China and basically buys fentanyl and like gets it over on a container and does Jeez. all this. And the reality is, is it's just a very, it's a synthetically made drug. So you don't need a lab. Mm. You don't need a, or you do need a lab. You don't need uh, poppy fields. Right. So yeah. mm. where heroin, you needed like, you know, a massive like poppy field. You, you needed all this agriculture. You don't need any of that anymore. Right. And so the potency is higher. Like Darcy was saying, 
it's more prevalent. You can mix it into different things. And a lot of it is coming off of the back of like the Oxycontin epidemic where people got really conditioned to taking pills, right? Mm -hmm. Now you can make like a press pill. You can make something that models that. And it's a lot easier to sell because, hey, you know, slamming heroin, yikes, popping a pill. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's just being mixed yeah, everything. It's like not looked at as, as serious. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's so easier for people to fall into It's basically that. like a for-profit thing. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And like this is also, uh, you know, drugs go through cycles and progressions, right? Yeah. Like we've, we've had regular drug emergencies throughout the decades, right? Yeah. And what's affecting us early in this decade or early in the was Oxycontin. Now it's just kind of like leveled into a, a place where we're seeing fentanyl. Meth is still a huge problem yes. right now. Yeah. 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 My hometown. Yeah. yeah. So there, it's, it's just the nature of like kind of these progressive cycles. And one of the things that we can do first is just all agree on something. And I think everyone can agree on the idea of like, hey, you accidentally overdosing, you overdosing from something that's preventable when we have the tools to save you. Mm -hmm. We can all agree that we don't want that to happen, right? So yeah. Yeah. let's start there and focus on bringing everyone together and getting them the resource. Yeah, 100%. Wow. I know, uh, Darcy, you explained, or you were speaking about uh, fentanyl test strips. For the viewers at home, can you kind of explain the process of testing uh, your substances using the fentanyl test strips? I know a lot of people have like a misconception of like, you know, just like using, uh, putting a little bit of the pill and yeah. then, can you just elaborate that? Totally. So um, the number one thing I recommend for people when we give out fentanyl test strips, we have a QR code on the back of every single one. So please um, oh, it, scan the QR code for the directions. Um, that's what I always say. Because, yeah, if, um, again, with the like friends of mine, I know people are just like either you know um just not, it's it's hard to get the concentration right without under like reading the instructions that yeah. mm -hmm. we put on the qr code but essentially you need to get you know your concentration of powdered um substance right with water and it depends on the substance as well like you're going to need a different amount of water if you're testing cocaine versus mdma right. and that's okay. something that you would only know if you scan the qr code and wow um, but there are ways it's not um, as complicated like I think uh, in the instructions there's a really good way to use a bottle cap which is really um, like most people have water bottles at yeah. festivals so there's like a really good reference with like a penny if, if you don't have a scooper sometimes mm -hmm. there's scoopers in them sometimes there's not mm -hmm. um, and we give out scoopers in every single one of ours just to make sure <laughs> but not test reps in general in general yeah. someone, because someone might get one without a scooper in it if right, you're not right. getting yeah. uh, um, but uh, okay, from us, you yeah. get a perfect scooper of um, how yeah. much of your powder. Um, you're going to put it in water. Um, make sure it's you know mixed really well. And then you'll get the test strip and make sure you hold it on the right side. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely sometimes there's like a little finger diagram. Um, stick it in, I think, until the water titrates up the stick a bit. And then wait two and a half minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, you'll get a positive, a negative, or a... Um, or it didn't work. Um, so that's kind of how i would describe that yeah we oh. should have brought one like the best yeah. way to oh, yeah. like essentially like we have this little 10 milligram scooper that because if you've ever tried to eyeball 10 milligrams good luck right so that that's really specific and uh -huh. I, they're super easy to use just like darcy saying you literally dip the test strip into water and then two lines is a negative one line is a positive right so mm -hmm. it's like as easy as that um it's almost like a COVID test. It's almost like a COVID yeah. test, only, you know, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean with the lines. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> but I will say, like, for people at home, I know that um, it, it can be confusing. Like, some people will be like, oh, so you're supposed to test your whole pill or your whole amount um, mm. because you, you know, there might be, unfortunately, a little flake of fentanyl yeah. in part of it and yeah. not the whole thing. Is it, is it actually, like, mixed in or is it in certain parts of the pill? Yeah. It's hard to say. It can it, be in parts. And there's something crazy. called, like, the chocolate chip cookie effect in uh -huh. which, like, fentanyl, mm. can, like, imagine a bag or yeah. a pill. Uh, Maybe little yeah. specks of fentanyl here. So you test a little bit and you're wow. like, oh, I'm good to go. And Not then, necessarily yeah. true. So there are, you know, I would say there's always, it's always good to test. Please, like, if you're doing something again, we want to make it part of the culture. If you're making this choice, yeah. test your stuff. Mm -hmm. But there's better ways to test it, like testing your entire amount or, or not. Yeah. 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 Wow. To do it perfectly. You got to test the whole thing. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think just the test thing. the whole thing, you guys. Which would mean, dis yeah, dissolving it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's all dissolved. I guess they're drinking. I don't know That's kind of like that's, exactly. that's where like the the trouble with fentanyl test strips yeah. and some of the testing products that we have right now are at. For you to do it perfectly, you would have to take your entire bag, yeah. dissolve it into water, uh -huh. test the whole thing reheat it and dry it out most yeah, people aren't going to do that yeah. it's totally yeah because totally if you have something like cocaine you're no one's going to do that like yeah it was like mdma i feel like some people just drink yeah. it if it's safe yeah, yeah. So yeah. Some people drink it and things that. like that oh, yeah. but like the the reality is is that the sentiment of you taking the time to like identify whether or not it's in there like if you get a positive result you just saved your own life mm -hmm. yeah right mm -hmm. yeah. and that you can't disregard at right. all so it's not Fair. perfect yet, but it's an amazing tool that we have now. And Definitely. it's something that should just be as common. And they're like a couple cents, like pull it yeah. out, test it. All right. Do you expect it to get one thing? And then it's completely different. Like, okay. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I, I just, I'm just so appreciative of how easily accessible the test strips are now and yeah. how easy it's been made. Cause I can say like, I don't know, 2016, 17, when I first purchased a test kit, it's one of those big ones that's like, this one tests for this, this one tests for that. Uh, and then there's like yeah. two yeah. different models. Right, right, right. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, I only used that once because uh. the, the, the concept of trying to figure out how to use all of this just yeah. didn't And those didn't are like happen. $50. Or oh, yeah, no, it was like 50 like, bucks. Yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah, reagent tests are amazing. They're, you know, they're color metric. Uh, but again, like just trying to make those like testing supplies more and more practical. Like in Europe, you can go, they have a spectrometer that's mm. gas based mm. and they can literally, you can like put it in, it'll tell you exactly what's in there. Oh, uh, that's cool. You can like just, see the formula yeah. of the drug that Whoa. they have. That's cool. We just don't have that type of infrastructure yet. Yeah. And that's okay. Like we're getting there, like we're adding these things and it'll eventually get better. But like reagent testing is awesome. There's a company called dose test that makes awesome reagent tests. Mm -hmm. Bonk police make it the awesome stuff. Like Bonk police. <laughs> yeah, I love cool. that name. yeah. It's fun. <laughs> so yeah, they do a lot of good stuff. What yeah. I really like about you guys too, is the way you make your videos on social media because it's so entertaining. It's engaging. But this, yeah, but at the same time, they're getting the education. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was gonna say, who edits your yeah, videos? Like, because it's, wow, it's, it's shout out so Zed. good. Zed. 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 Yo, so Zed. Good. shout out to you, man. What? She thought she said Zed. No, I'm, uh, no, that's my joke. I'm doing a play on words. She said Zed. <laughs> I heard Zed. <laughs> I heard Whatever. that too. I just kind of like oh, thanks, thanks. Yeah. yeah, I just remember like your video just came up, and I was like, oh my god, I freaking love this mm. because like one, it gets your attention right away. Like, yeah, because you know sometimes like educational things they become kind of you know 
redundant mm. and kind of boring people just like swipe but I, yeah. once i saw yours i was like especially, Ooh, what's this especially in this age where everyone has a short attention, attention span, span of a is mouse. so yeah. short yeah <laughs> it's yeah. yeah i mean everyone's like i mean i would say that for all of us like if you see something boring it's boring yeah like, there's no way it's around like, it sorry yeah. <laughs> and like health as a whole has done a pretty poor job of like engagement they're just yeah. being like this is important and it's like eh, okay you know yeah. but, but is it right like yep. And so, like, in an environment like that, you have to really work for people's attention. Yeah. And, yeah. like, we don't skimp on that. We think your time is valuable, and we, we want you to hear our information. Yeah. I love that. Uh, so we're not going to just, like, tell you it's important and then give you something that is Because really sometimes it feels like a lecture, yeah. too, you yeah, know? no one yeah. So, but, that. like, if you're talking to me like mm. a friend and, like, hey, like, I really care about you, then I'm like, okay. And people are more open to listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the production value, too. You're, you're looking at this and you're like, wow, a lot of work yeah. went into this. Yeah. Like, yeah. This, looks, this looks cool. Yeah. And everything's quick. It, yeah. like, gives you all the information right away. So. Yeah. We, uh, that's our videographer, Zed. She runs a company um, called awesome. Rule of Thirds. And he yeah. is awesome wow he's super awesome Kudos uh, to you we guys. never want to lose him but no no the best <laughs> that's awesome the best. Yeah. he came along to edc with us and made some of that amazing content you saw with mm -hmm. cami yeah. um yeah it's just really so engaging so thankful for him because you're right like we can't get this message across to people yeah um, yeah on social media without it also cami who couldn't also be here cami Patton, uh awesome she's an artist she makes music she's a grunge rocker uh, she's also amazing at our content like is she, she the one yeah. the camera yeah, yeah. Oh, the i love her <laughs> yeah, she's, she's awesome. the best so she couldn't be here she's in new york but uh she uh she's a huge reason of why we have like the social media following that we do like yeah. she had literally found us for like kind of like an interview she came to our office mm -hmm. And uh, she literally made our TikTok. Wow. Yeah. Like we had a TikTok. We weren't, we were like, yeah, I don't know. And then she was just basically like, you guys could be way better than this. <laughs> uh -huh. She knew what she was doing. And she That's like awesome. kicked in the door. She's amazing. Yeah. This actually leads into a question because you just mentioned that she's an artist. Mm -hmm. What are some ways that um, DJs and artists and the people in our community who have, you know, a higher status, unlike, you know, us who are just ravers, who are just on the ground having a yeah. good time. What are some things that you think they could do to help with you know harm reduction and and you know overdose prevention and whatnot mm -hmm. yeah totally i mean the biggest thing for us is like if i get into a room you're not gonna know who i am which yeah. is fine i don't need anybody to know that but somebody that has like that platform that people really identify with that they love they love their art they love their craft when they say hey this is important people follow up and they listen right mm -hmm. and uh you can't like when someone donates their time and their platform to carry a message because they believe in it, it's worth more than anyone could ever donate to us. Yeah. And like, for example, right now we're working with Nick Illinium, who's on oh, tour yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. Nice. And, you guys were there. Yeah. And uh, what he's doing is he's decided to bring Naloxone on his tour. Mm -hmm. And like, that's amazing yeah. because what he's doing is he's one of the first artists that are really making sure that that's yeah. coming along with them and is making it part of that experience and part of the community and uh you like i can't express into words how grateful we are for that type of stuff mm -hmm. especially um, with a big name like that and also yeah. what it does for everybody mm -hmm. right everybody benefits from that so anytime like we if you know if there's an artist listening or somebody sees it like we need you we really do right we well, need you yeah. more than yeah. you might think yeah 100 percent yeah. Yeah. Also, the, it gets the industry too used to like, oh, okay, if he's doing it, maybe I should start doing it on my tour. Yeah. 
And I think it also means a lot because, you know, he's been open with how he was addicted and then he stopped. And yeah. it's just a really big part of his story. So the fact that, like, he and you, you guys partnered up, it's like, it's big. It's pretty big. He's also a certified naloxone trainer now. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, he went on IG Live uh, with Theo to essentially give like a training on oh, to his followers, so cool. which that's was awesome. so amazing. And then, yeah. yeah, we're so grateful for him to allow us to go on tour. Yeah. So um, from now until all the rest of his tour in the US, we'll have an end overdose representative, representative with him Hell on yeah. tour, doing a booth, doing yeah. naloxone trainings for anyone that wants to come by and grab some to be safe. Yeah. Wow. And Are you guys only, oh, so you could go. Oh yeah. No, I, no, no, you first. You first. Oh, I was just yeah. asking, uh -huh. like, because you just said only in the US, like, are you guys only based here or do you want to branch out to like different countries soon? What do you think? I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, we like we really want to get into Europe. We've actually mm -hmm. have a ton of people reach out to us all the time from oh, like cool. Germany, Ireland, and they're like, Oh my god, like I really want this. The problem is international pharmacy laws. Right. So you can't uh, just like ship naloxone to like Germany. Mm -hmm. They have different laws, mm -hmm. they have that different rules. Sense navigating the legal structure on that and then creating like a foothold in those spaces and also knowing the areas right like mm -hmm. if there's harm reduction groups that are there we don't want to just like show up and be like what's mm -hmm. up we don't Take know your their space. territory yeah. <laughs> so um it's something that we're working towards but it's something that is going to take us a lot of time yeah because so, how about like working with the festivals out there i know you know there's like a lot of festivals yeah. out there and like ade uh, ade festivals Amsterdam mm -hmm. um, and it's like also a conference within this conference they hold panels and I feel like you know mm -hmm. something like that would be a great way to kind of like jump in like Europe because yeah. Like yeah. a panel you'd be able to like actually speak with people rather than having a booth out there for sure Europe has very robust harm reduction though mm -hmm. that's what I was gonna say I think yeah. one of the leading um, festivals like in harm reduction is I believe boom festival mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. almost like a I don't want to compare it to a burning man but it's very um open i think they were one of the first to bring harm reduction to like the festival testing drugs in the festival allowing mm -hmm. it's it's one of the places where it's decriminalization of mm -hmm. yeah. drug use so they're for sure and then there's like safe injection sites that are really common and like, i've heard about those yeah. yeah so yeah not saying that you can't always expand and, and help yeah. new communities that need it but it definitely they're leading in harm reduction for sure yeah for sure i know um canada also is uh they're like pretty big on on the harm reduction side yeah. as well, from what I, I hear. I believe they do drug testing outside of Shambhala um, Festival, which is really admirable. So cool. Yeah, yeah. Is there a Canada. festival here that does that? I know they stopped. Not yet. They used to do it like back then. Mm. Like mm. I think when EDC was here in LA, they used to uh, have like the actual boots where you could test your stuff. Yeah, correct so, me if I'm wrong. They, they some sometimes like organizations will set up like there's an organization called Dance Safe that's really yep. big. They're yep. like mm -hmm. totally yeah. focused on testing, and uh, you know some of the things that are just difficult though from like a production side, from a festival side, is like the legal framework of that, right? Mm -hmm. And what happens when you test something? it's positive someone takes it anyway it's like there's not an insurance company on the planet that you can navigate that with yeah sure. so it's been like the 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 biggest one of the you know hugest things for us was when insomniac and basquell allowed us to come in yeah right? that was a big that thing was a huge, that's huge, like huge. Yeah. what they've done for like our community is massive yep. yeah like, there's no understatement it, it's 
at EDC, we gave out 10,000 doses, and it was a direct result of their willingness to work with us and really their sentiment that they wanted to keep their community safe. Um, yeah. this, is, this is a slightly hot take, but you know how uh, in one of our previous episodes, we talked about how like it's weird that Insomniac tried to copyright Plur. Oh. I totally think it's... It, yeah. Uh, Pascal deserves it. With what he's doing, with what, how he's trying to take care of our community, I think he deserves it. It might have not been him. Like, these organizations are massive, fair. right? Like, mm-hmm. there's different levels to that, right? And uh, yeah. I think it's easy to look at an organization and forget about the people that hide behind it. But as something grows, it it grows in a way where there, there are different aspects you can't control. Mm-hmm. And at least from our side and, like, the experiences that we've had, they've been they have made it a forefront of their objective to make sure that they can keep their patrons and community safe and offer, you know, I mean, geez, we reached a million people through that. There's not a better area on the face of the planet that you could do that level of outreach. Yeah. Yeah. Just allowing us to be at EDC, both in the camp and in the speedway, Mm -hmm. we, you know, reached 500,000 people over the course of the weekend. That's huge. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's been amazing so how did you guys even come together to start doing this how do you do meet each other um so i met Devin like roughly five years ago back in 2019 we um, told the story to me and tried to scam me dude why do you have to say that why do you have to <laughs> tell you me that? No, wait, every wait, single wait, time let me, before you before you continue though um every so time. i i went to school for film and um, so when I graduated college, I wanted to get into just creating content. And I've always been an avid watcher of like YouTube and um, just followed like a lot of uh, YouTubers like journeys. And um, it kind of just became something that I wanted to do. So that's I started making content right out of college. Um, and then I met Nand probably about uh, what? 2019. Yeah, yeah. So two years after I graduated and um Nan, if you want to tell the rest of the story. <laughs> as long as you stop saying I tried to scam you, it's, it's kind of a joke. You have to elaborate on it's that a now. joke you've made for years. I'm over it. <laughs> long story short, I was working for ad- admin for like this social media company. I like it was, you know, 2019 was around the time people were really getting into content, social media, Instagram, TikTok, all that. Um, and I was working admin because I needed a job. And obviously one of the jobs you have to do in admin is outreach. So he reached out to us because someone else who was in that company um, mm. was like, yo, I met him come come through so yeah. we had a zoom call uh during that zoom call zoom call i did a very terrible job because i didn't believe in what they were doing there <laughs> to be perfectly honest um and then he and i just hit it off during that zoom call of like oh rave community and like edm stuff yeah. and then like i don't know like six months later he asked me hey do you want to come shoot a video i'm like i'm down yeah. Um, That's how he gets you. He did that to me. No, he, it was, he DM'd me. He was like, do you want to come shoot was, a video? Yeah. Well, you so, DM'd me. <laughs> it's on chain reaction. Yeah. But, yeah. It was, but to put it very, very simply, that's there was a like-minded uh, uh, feeling of like, hey, we want to do the same <laughs> stuff in, in, in regards to yeah. making content. Um, and then we started hanging out, shooting content. Pandemic happened, so there was a lot of time to shoot content together. And then after pandemic happened, we started going to festivals together. And then that's when we met Bryn at the gym, or they met at no, the gym. I, I met no Bryn and I met on TikTok. Yeah, and then oh. I, yeah, yeah, TikTok yeah. brought us together. Oh. And then I, we all met and on then TikTok. I messaged uh-huh. Bryn on Instagram, and then I invited him to the gym because uh, there's like a gym out here that was like red and blue lights. It was like a rave oh, style okay, gym. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, yeah, I'm like come on wow. by, like you make rave content, it's like a rave style gym, you know. Yeah. And then um, he ended up getting a membership there, and then since we just like 
Yeah. Started getting close. Gym yeah. bros, I love that. Yeah, yeah. I, was For the, I was the last one of the group to become a content creator. Yeah, I was, and I was bugging Mickey in the DMs. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. she, she thought I ghosted her. She did. Yeah. She'd be I was like, like, hey, hey. She had, Mickey hasn't responded. I don't think she wants to be friends with us. Yeah, so. like, just message her again. I She's to be a her student. Friend. She's busy. <laughs> Two days goes by, and it's like, man, she hates me. Yeah. <laughs> Two days, try yeah, 30 minutes. Yeah, she hates me. I just want to point out real quick, though, when Nan and I first became friends, and Nan, like, pitched the company to me and, and joining I, I just love saying this i was i, I basically you tell this story. i basically just said i'm like you know i don't know if it's for me but if you want to join us on one of our rave skits sometime yeah but i, hate, I, hate I, I owe so a lot to nan though because there was like a skit that we did uh maybe like a year after that time that we met and nan literally drove all the way uh from santa monica to brea where i was shooting just to drop off his bag of uh, rave stuff for me to use that's a, was it peak traffic because that's like that's an I, it uh, was, I had to go to a bartending yeah, job immediately after wow. and he couldn't even be part of the skit and the fact that he drove all the way out there was like I, that was yeah that was like True the first love. time where I was True like love. yo this guy is sick he literally just came to drop off all this now, stuff now use. knowing that do you think I would intentionally try to scam you <laughs> Yeah, that's it's your way of saying joke. I'm sorry. That's your it's way. It's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> and I owe a lot to Devin because I didn't know like the whole um, style of content creating. Like when he invited me over to make a video with him, I was like, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean make a video with you? Um, because the way my content worked was like, I would just, you know, any video footage that I would have, I just throw text on it and call it content. Um, and it worked with me for quite some time. But then after like spending time with Devin and then I'm um, seeing how he, and he, he worked with Nan and how like they all had a camera set up and, you know, they would even have people People like work as background actors and then they would like have a ring light i didn't even own a ring light at the time um and then they show, show me camera angles like big thanks you know to the guys for like teaching me that Brynn became a cinematographer ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your, your skill has advanced a lot ah, thanks, that. thanks thanks oh, yeah oh. but we all come a long way and um uh we can all obviously definitely bond over the fact that we're all ravers and we've all been in the scene for a little while and so um yeah I think uh, no one else, uh, when we decided to make this, I think it was mostly just because like we didn't really feel, I mean, other people have rave podcasts as well. Mm. Um, so, but we figured no one is really doing it with like a live podcast with multiple people having lots of guests regularly. So we wanted to kind of be uh, one of the yeah. first to do that. Uh, for me, for me too, because I, I, I remember some, I was trying to start a podcast with Devin before we had met Mickey and uh, when we had just met Bryn. So for me to as well as like I, I wanted to like talk more about the festival circuit as a whole, have a real conversation about what raving's about. Cause you know, once upon a time I tell someone I'm a raver, they're like, Oh, you rave? Like, so you do drugs. No, that's <laughs> not that's not at all what I'm saying. Yeah. Or or the, the ugliness of like corporate jobs. If you find they find out you rave, they're like, nah, you can't you, you, oh, you yeah. can't you need do to that. hide that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So like mm -hmm. I'm big on like being able to bring light on everything there is about festival circuits the good the bad the underbelly um as we know there is a heavy drug culture and unfortunately there is an epidemic with with yeah. Uh, yeah. fentanyl overdose and whatnot so conversations like this are the ones that i want to have because i mean since we are in a place where we do have a voice where at least three people listen that's three people i can tell this story to who might tell three more people yeah. who might tell yeah. three more people um and and you know i i i do my best with what we do with the the content where we like make funny skits try to make it entertaining but of course there's always the people who are like oh if you talk about drugs in any way shape or form even if it is like drug uh, you know harm reduction mm -hmm. drug prevention etc 
now they're like, oh, you're glorifying the use of drugs. It's yeah. like, or I'm not, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like if we make content, like, like I, I, I frequently make content in the, the niche of Rave Dad where I'm like taking care of someone who is already like, you know, under the influence of something heavily. Um, but now that's condoning or glorifying because someone in the video is under the influence. Yeah. Well, I, I but with this podcast, it makes it really easy to be able to like communicate like bigger real messages like, look, like be safe. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. um, I did a video like for you guys to mm -hmm. like, you know, help spread awareness for naloxone and everything. And although it was like a good video to keep people educated, I still got those comments being like, well, don't do it. Well, like, why would you do drugs anyway? Just don't do it. Yeah. You can't really... I know everyone's a responsible Social adult. Media, man. Yeah, everyone's a responsible adult. Do you make your own decisions? You do whatever you want. But the least we can do is educate you on how to be safe. Yeah, I, I always include my links like whenever I do uh, videos and um, on like at least like my uh, link tree or whatever it is. Um, I always have like a bunch of resources. Um, but I'll get comment. I literally got a comment from uh, someone one time that was like. Uh, they were telling me that um, I was a crackhead and I need to go to rehab and that they wanted to see me begging on the street <laughs> and they wanted Sounds to see like me. There's a lot to so unpack. So, yeah, I've gotten some very aggressive Jeez. comments before, but usually when yeah. that happens, I'm like, well, the video reached that side of Instagram. <laughs> it's, it's trending. Yeah, the internet. Yeah. yeah that's so. a really good topic. We definitely get that. Um, yeah. The comments on our oh. Instagram, not. Actually, like, I'm really happy with the overwhelming support that we've gotten from people. And, like, lots, like, overwhelming support. But um, oftentimes when we collaborate with, like, rave brands, mm. um, I feel like there's always, or, or like, artists or DJs. Um, and TikTokers. We, we, we recently collaborated <laughs> yeah. with um, Hades. Uh, she's amazing. Ooh, and, like, her. one of my favorites. Yeah. The best. Um, and she, I, she, like, screenshotted one of the comments and she was like, what the heck? Like, I'm so happy I did this, but I can't believe that there's people, like, on my personal page. The audacity. Yeah. Yeah. Like, commenting, mm -hmm. don't, like, why, like, don't do drugs. Like, yeah. if you're gonna do drugs, then you need to, like, be okay with the consequences. And yep. that's, wow. like, wow. Yeah, but, um, yeah. It happens often and you know what we say to that is you know we care about our community and even yeah. if you don't do drugs we would hope that hopefully you would just want to carry naloxone in case someone does make that personal decision yeah, yeah. yeah. i think i think a lot of those people are just grown up on this like super extreme side mm -hmm. of you know the apps uh, what, what did you call it again yeah, like abstinence teaching yeah mm -hmm. abstinence teaching and so i think that like they're so ingrained in their own um foundation of of knowledge on the topic that they have to like they feel the need to press it onto other people yeah when i feel like at the end of the day like again if you are just responsible about stuff and you take the necessary precautions then there are ways that you can do it safely but yeah. what are you guys' mm -hmm. thoughts on like the comedy videos that we like a lot of us make about like you know it's incorporated in our culture but like we made it make, we make it funny and be brutally honest yeah. I, I mean, we, don't <laughs> really, we don't really have a thought on it like what we try and do as an organization is we really just try and stay in our lane right mm -hmm. So we actually follow, we have it written down, we have a tradition, which is basically like end overdose as a whole tries to stay out of all public controversy. So mm -hmm. you'll never hear us as an organization make comments on that. Uh, mm -hmm. You'll never hear us like really draw like political decisions or anything like that. 
because where we really feel that we all need to come together together and where yeah. everyone yeah. can kind of come together mm-hmm. is like hey man like people are dying that don't need to and that's yeah. happening right now yeah that's yeah. literally happening right yeah. now yeah. so yeah. you can't go to that and moralize that and be like ah is it right that they're dying or wrong yeah. that they're dying yeah you just need to help them yeah right yeah. like yeah. as a paramedic i would never go to you in a situation where you're having a heart attack and be like hey man I don't know if it's cool that you're having that heart attack. I'm going to just save your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like it's, it's, we try and bring that forward right now, which is people need these resources. They need this service and we yeah. have it. So let's make it available. Priorities, to man. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, one question I had that uh, kind of connects. So hopefully it all connects is what are some of the, um, uh, the struggles and, and obstacles you've had trying to do this considering like, you know, um, <clears throat> Festivals, for example, um, I can only speak from people that I've taken to the medical tent and they're just like, no, no, I can't. They, they're going to arrest me. They're going to arrest me. And they're freaking out the whole time. But like, you know, everything we're talking about mm-hmm. is a prevention of loss of life due to the, you know, the act of an illegal substance. Yeah. So that being said, how have you been able to get past or, you know, work with, say, I don't know, law enforcement or the legal legalities of things to be able to do what you guys are doing, being spreading, the, spreading the positive, like, mm-hmm let's not die (laughs) yeah i mean i think everyone's on board with it right like nobody wants anybody to die anywhere right Mm -hmm. and like a lot of these organizations have like really layered they have medics they have awareness groups they have staff they have security and it's really just making that a cohesive thing like many organizations already have layers we're just adding that extra piece and component right we're just allowing the community to really have it too right because you know you have 10,000 people in a place you can't keep track of everybody so Mm -hmm. we have to as a community come together and like not just pass that person that's unconscious or be like oh that's not my problem right because no one's gonna get you in trouble if you're like I saw that guy unconscious can we help him Mm -hmm. like that's a good thing like we should Uh, totally do that (laughs) yeah because last year at EDC I was at base pod and uh, suddenly I see someone just like laying on the floor and in my head, I was like, is he just like taking a break or is he unconscious right now? Yeah. Even, and even like his friend, who, uh, his friend was just like, oh, no, he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Um, and then uh, the med- medical people came and they were trying to wake him up. But what pissed me off was that his friend just kept saying to them, he's fine. Just leave him alone. Wow. Oh. And yeah. I was just like, obviously, they already had professionals there. And I was like. If that was my friend, I would be there to help them. Like, you don't yeah. just say, oh, he's fine. He just, like, you know, he just took a little too much. He'll be fine. Yeah. But I, he, he wasn't waking up. And so um, I saw them, you know, obviously put something in his nose. It was naloxone. Uh, mm. I, I don't know what happened after that. They just, like, took him away. So that, like, really scared me and scarred me. Yeah, I've definitely um, seen firsthand a lot of those situations, but that's why um, in our training, every single person we talk to, we definitely emphasize the Good Samaritan law, yeah. um, which is there's you know yeah. one version of it in every um, state, and it's just like don't be afraid to call nine one one even if they have taken something, yeah. um, even if you know you even have a small amount of substance on on you um if you're acting in good faith to save somebody's life you are protected like by the law nice. and that's yeah. really to encourage nice. people to call 911 yeah. even if mm-hmm. like you're afraid or you think something's gonna happen yeah. um you're saving someone's life yeah know? and that's something not a lot of people know so like yeah, yeah. seriously that's actually uh, <clears throat> thank you for bringing that up too because like uh, i've talked about the good samaritan law a few times 
but it's since it's different within every state i can't really like you know end all be all this is the good samaritan law but yeah. th that's good to note as well because uh, it's definitely something i feel like us as well as as uh, the, our podcast and individuals that that's something we could spread more too because yeah. i'm always scared of like the exactly what you were mentioning yeah. there could be someone who needs help but everyone is too scared to give them the help that they yeah, need it's the negligence you know just like not doing anything yeah, i think it's just fear driven that mm -hmm. i mean i get it it's scary but at the same time it's yeah. someone's life yeah, i mean it's, it's also like, and, and to just to play devil's advocate um i always recognize younger ravers literal children they were they they're look, scared they're yeah. legitimately yeah. scared of getting arrested yeah but that's why we need to you know show and educate and be like yo just you're not gonna get in trouble like yeah. you're doing a good thing here can we explain exactly what the good samaritan law is she just did oh yeah do you want to go take it into more depth than I did? Yeah, I mean, you basically said it. it it's the same in every single state. The one piece that's always consistent is that um, as long like if you're rendering medical aid in good faith, even if you do it wrong, you're not going to be held civilly like liable. Right. Yeah. right. So it's not going to protect you in every state from like additional tr things. So like if you, for example, were you know you had drugs on you that's going to vary from state to state based off their paraphernalia laws but as far as like you rendering medical aid even if you do it wrong you're like oh, i don't know how to do cpr i don't want to mm -hmm. do it because i don't want to do it wrong we don't like do it just act yeah. right mm -hmm. so that's that's huge that should encourage everybody to you know engage <clears throat> the trains here right? yeah yeah, but I like what you guys were saying. I think a lot of it of people not acting is like the bystander effect. You kind of think yeah. someone else is going to do it. Um, also, yeah. like fear is huge, right? You are scared. Um, but that's definitely why our work, like I am so passionate about what I do because if we can equip everyone with like the confidence at least to like, oh, that guy's unconscious. I know the opioid overdose triad yeah. to mm -hmm. see if they might be having an overdose. Mm -hmm. That's something yeah. we teach in our, you know, training pinpoint people's respiratory depression loss of consciousness if they can just even do that and yeah. we are giving people the knowledge and confidence to just help maybe like recognize symptoms yeah that's huge for our community because then we'll have less people scared even if they're baby ravers yeah, yeah. you know uh, i saw this video on tiktok of um She's also like a smaller consecrator, but she works in the festival space. And she was talking about how like someone took naloxone thinking that it would like counteract the drug before he took it. And she was like, that's not how it works. But there are people who like think that. It's just like, an education thing. Yeah. yeah like, and, and that's part of the reason like we do this type of stuff. Right. And it's just an example of how there's such a lack of education mm -hmm. and the, the, there's really a gap to be filled. Right. And that's like, you know, coming onto platforms like your own, thank you for having us, yeah. um, where we can, you know, reach a different audience, reach different people, and just share information that can save someone's life. Because that's really what it's all about, right? We're, we're one large community. Mm -hmm. Everybody's trying to work on this together, and, like, we can't do it alone. Yeah. So, you know, taking our online training, like, you can go to our website, you can click endoverdose.net, you can take mm -hmm. a training, and we'll ship it to your house. It's that easy. Yeah. Send you free strips and free naloxone. Mm -hmm. This might sound like a stupid question, but can you get addicted to naloxone? Hell no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was just curious. No. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good question. Yeah. Like at the yeah. end of the day, it's a chemical. You can imagine that yeah. if, if we can get addicted, yeah. addicted to, to caffeine, I could imagine getting yeah. addicted to naloxone. If someone is not unconscious and then they were to like take it, is there any effects? No. Huh. So nice no no um life threatening side effects that's something we always like to say as well it's also really helpful to explain what it is so oh, it's yeah, an, it? so um it's an opioid antagonist essentially what it does is it's going to fit into the space where the opioid meets our receptors and it's going to block 
that opioid from binding. Mm. Um, so essentially, if you give it to someone and you're like, oh, wait, that person was just drunk, nothing bad is going to happen. Right. Um, so you don't really feel anything. I remember that from one of your guys' videos. You can uh, use it safely and like it won't affect, even if the person isn't on um, uh, overdosing from mm -hmm. an opioid, it'll still, it, like, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. There's no, they're not going to like get high from naloxone yeah. uh, or anything like okay. that. It's, yeah. not, it's not an opioid. Interesting. Yeah. Darcy was a taught people chemistry, so like this is her oh, thing. Yeah. Like, when you start getting into like yeah. how does this work? Like that's something yeah. I forgot to mention. Yeah, I, I taught okay, um, organic chemistry at UCLA um, for a time, like as a like um, a TA's assistant. Um, yeah. But also, why I'm passionate about this is I did research for a lot of years on opioid dependence, and um, so, so I'm, cool. I currently am a researcher now. I do clinical research for a telemedicine Ooh. company based in London. Um, we work with people with dependence on opioids, nicotine, and alcohol. Um, so I ran, I run the randomized control trials. So I love chemistry. Oh, I love pharmacology. So cool. Is that really what your degree cool. is in? Chemistry? Organic chemistry? No, it's in um, uh, psychobiology. Oh. So it's kind of like an uh, interdisciplinary field of psychology and biology yeah. with a little bit of biochem sprinkled in. I love it. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Damn. What was your like reasoning for, um, or I guess for just pursuing that uh, or just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, okay. So I was like dreading Ochem, like most people do yeah. in college. Um, you hear horror stories all the time. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I took it and I was like, I love this. Like, yeah. it's literally just like drawing like hexagons, like making it all make sense to you. <laughs> I was like, this is great. Um, you know what? I don't know. I just really had an affinity um, for how drugs worked. Yeah. Um, on it, my personal reason is that um, pretty early on, one of my best friends um, went through a manic episode and got diagnosed with bipolar. And I don't want to like get too personal. I'm not going to yeah. like name names or anything, yeah, yeah, but the, you know, potency of the, 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 the mix of the drugs they put her on pretty much affected her personality. And it wasn't wow. like kind of really, I have a friend like that too, you know, really like yeah. I, she wasn't her anymore. Yep. So I was like, wow, like these drugs are so powerful. It's like yep. not who I knew and yep. grew up with. Um, so that kind of is what made me really interested in drugs and substances. And then um, I started working for this lab at UCLA and really getting to know people with opioid dependence. Yeah. Pe like people like Theo who got prescribed and then um, that's how it happened. But also people that, um, you know, are five curious. to 10 year yeah. curious, exactly yeah. experimental yeah. users, but mm -hmm. also people that like have been injecting fentanyl for like years, mm -hmm. you know, and then trying to get them out of withdrawal and precipitated withdrawal is just like yeah. hell seeing people go through that. Yeah. So it really imagine. like, I have a passion for the research and academic side, but also the grassroots side and people that accidentally got fentanyl in their cocaine. Like yeah. neither, no one should die. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have a friend who uh, uh, also got diagnosed with bipolar um, after he graduated college, and uh, he got prescribed a bunch of a bunch of um, medication, right. and it made his like mental state a lot worse. And only last year did he get a new doctor after going through like multiple. Um, Psychiatrist, psycholo mm -hmm. psychologist, psychologist, yeah. psychiatrist, yeah, yeah, yeah. After going through multiple psychiatrists, who all told him he needed to be on medication, finally got a psychiatrist that was like, "You don't need to be on any of this." And oh, as soon as he stopped taking all of it, like, it's instantly better. Yeah, he like he like gained a ton of weight, and uh, he just recently lost like seventy pounds, and like is back to like his normal fit That's self. Awesome. Um, but it's crazy, like. I mean, you could get prescribed stuff like that and it could affect you in, in a really severe way. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's different for everyone. You know, um, medication saves people, you know, really helps people, other people, you know, it's yep. the combination is not right. So, yeah. but I definitely, my personal story was that I saw it um, really affect someone that I loved and just really sparked my interest in all things pharmacology, all things substance and yeah. drug. <laughs> Damn. 
Yeah. We do um, have questions that people wanted to ask yeah, them. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, shit. Talking for so long. <laughs> <laughs> How you guys doing? Do the best. Really good. Okay, cool. Yeah. Darcy's doing like a high level of data analytics right now. So <laughs> oh, like, she has no. zero time. So no, my brain. she's crushing it. Yeah. Uh, for my research um, job, I'm doing a lot of data analysis on medication adherence to Suboxone, which is a um, medication for opioid dependence. Yeah. So I'm like so zoned into the opioid yeah. like topic yeah. Yeah. right no, now. No, I love it. Yeah. And you're, you're killing it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. You are too. Nice. <laughs> Um, this person, Devin Nia. Oh, it's me. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, he says he asks, uh, "Will you guys be at Heart Summer?" Yes. Yes. Okay. Very excited Absolutely. to be at Heart Summer. <laughs> yeah, um, we will have. We will be there all three, two days. It's two days. <laughs> it two days? It's two, two days. days. Um, it's two days, but it's for the first time in LA, which is well, I'm super so excited. excited. Yeah. Yes. So find our booth. We'll be doing naloxone trainings all day. Hell yeah. Will you guys have multiple booths or just one? I think probably just, just one, one for that one. Yeah. Probably. Um, Christian95. I feel like Christian is always asking questions. Right? Christian. We love you, Christian. Shout out to you, Christian. <laughs> um, have, you, have any of you personally had any scary encounters? And if so, how do you respond? And I guess to push that further, what's like the scariest encounter that you guys have had? I mean, Theo. I don't even know how to describe it, man. Like, <laughs> I I respond to I've responded to hundreds of overdoses. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, like as an emergency responder, it's not really scary. It's just what am I going to do to save this person's life? Yeah. And uh, it happens so frequently. I mean, um, I worked a seventy-two hour shift, and then I got off, did some end overdose stuff, and on that space, uh, a, a, a call that we run into all too often was for a twenty-four-year-old male. Um, found at home his girlfriend was there she had just seen him go to sleep he had snorted a little bit of a percocet pill oh and was overdosing and she didn't know what was going on yeah. uh fortunately she had started cpr uh it, by direction of the phone call and uh that guy was 24 right and yeah. uh, we worked him up we got pulses back but unfortunately because he had gone without oxygen for so long, what ended up happening is that he had a noxic brain injury. So even though he got pulses back, yeah. he's going to be basically brain dependent. Dead? Yeah, brain yeah. dead for the rest of his life. That's... And uh, there's too many instances of those that are like beyond heartbreaking, right? And yeah. so regularly I'm confronted with these situations that are not only preventable, but if somebody knew what to do in the moment ahead of it, they could yeah. have had better outcomes. They could have a better safe life. So. It's usually a day-to-day thing for me. Are, are there any yeah. uh, specifically, though, that like um, the person was able to make a full recovery, but in the moment when it happened, yeah, it was like absolutely. crazy? Absolutely. I mean, there are so many, right? Like uh, anytime you see somebody in that state, it's going to be insane, yeah. right? Uh, people are going to have their fight and flight response, right? Yeah. Like if you've never witnessed somebody in a state where they're dying, yeah. uh, it's it's you're they're, they call it tunnel vision. You're going to be mm-hmm. like, oh my God, like your focus is going to get on it. You're going to yep. forget about things around you. Yeah. Um, and knowing like steps, knowing what to do, like having that training yeah. really pulls you through. But, you know, for us, uh, just kind of like in the medical field, it's like you, you just couldn't imagine. I don't know how to explain it. You just yeah. couldn't imagine the things that we see on a regular basis. Yeah, right. I so bet. it's a, uh, how deep do you want to go? Because yeah. it, it yeah. gets pretty dark. Right? I, I, oh, I yeah. imagine. I mean, I was in. I was right. in Boy Scouts. I'm an Eagle Scout, and yeah. uh, I I'm mean, a we, gold scout. 
gold award. Really? Let's go. 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 Let's They don't teach you enough, you know. I the one the biggest thing that I remember is like always check your surroundings before you go into CPR. Make sure you obviously call for help and then you a- administer CPR. We obviously learn how to do it when we're in Boy Scouts, but um, yeah, I feel like there's so much more that we could learn just on that entire process. Yeah, I mean, there's always more uh, like in paramedicine they call it BSI scene safety, body substance isolation, put your gloves on, all that stuff. Uh, I mean, it's a never-ending thing, like. Darcy's being a, you know, you were going to be a doctor, right? I might still be a doctor. She, she, yeah. we, can't, we can't lose you. I, <laughs> <laughs> no more med school. It's done. That dream is yeah, done. Shit. No, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Maybe. But. Yeah, she's going to be a doctor. Um, but, you know, the, the level of like your medical knowledge, the level of like what you can practice in an emergency is constant, right? Yeah. But just having the basics that you would learn as like a Boy Scout or from a CPR course or just mm-hmm. our naloxone training improves outcomes and saves lives you don't need to be a paramedic to save someone's life yeah people are yeah. saving lives yes. every single day yeah. with simple information and a couple of steps that is super important i think yeah the biggest the biggest thing you can do to save a life is make the choice to act yep. that's the yep. biggest thing you can do once you make that decision you set a cycle in motion you save people 100 percent. hell yeah essentially beating the bystander effect yeah, yeah. yes um daniel design asks how can we get more than one narcan we'll just give it to you sorry that's a really good point there are people that like um run small events or they even do vending at events i've mm-hmm. had a lot of vendors just like contact our admin email and be like hey i'd love to have naloxone on me to just give people mm-hmm. uh we'll give you like just swing by the headquarters like swing by the office we'll give you guys you are pretty close pasadena, pasadena. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I've, uh, I've, heard, I've heard this too i don't know if this is accurate so please you know mm-hmm. educate me and everyone else do we need to utilize more than one narcane or naloxone i've heard that like one sometimes is not enough or generally speaking one is not enough uh, it depends on how much they took and how far along they are into that Oof. right uh, how can you tell uh basically by certain signs right like uh deprivation of oxygen usually someone's skin turns blue right that's a sign that you have cyanosis which is there's you know no oxygenated blood in your bloodstream. It's usually a later sign. So if you see someone blue, they've been down yeah. for some time, right? So there are different levels of that progression, but ultimately for the everyday person, you're you're not gonna know. You're not gonna be able to be like, that's 30 minutes, that's an hour, right? Yeah. Um, so you want to have a second dose in case you need it. Uh, we give out a medication called Cloxado in some cases that's eight milligrams. So it's very strong and it's effective for, you know, people that have overdosed on fentanyl, right? Because Mm -hmm. what you're seeing is you may need that second follow-up dose. Uh, everything is naloxone. That's the active ingredient in all these medications. Everything else is just a brand name and then a different dosage. Like Narcan is just a brand name. Uh, Is that a single dose though? Yeah, it's a single dose. Like everything will come in like a single dose type vial, but yeah, it's really... Yeah, it'd be like every time, like instead of saying like soda, you said Coca Cola every time. Yeah, to refer to so all it's sodas. the brand name. And then there's yeah. other brands that have multiple doses. Yeah, there, there's there's oh. tons of different brands, right? So like Narcan, just like 
they patent it. Everyone huh. knows the name. It's the most familiar, but like. But at the end of the day, naloxone is. is that's the main the, one, right? The, the life saving chemical. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, as harm reductionists, we'll say naloxone because we, you know, at the end of the day, that's the active ingredient. Hmm. Gotcha. Cool. Damn. Um, I have a question from one of the people who have reached out to us. Sussy, sussiness with three S's. <laughs> I love um, that name. Sick. How do you guys engage in healthcare professionals or how do you engage with healthcare professionals and law enforcement agencies in addressing OD crisis? Oh, that's a good one. Cause there are cops there and like, particularly at festivals that we're at, we'll have a ton of, um, policemen um emt emergency response people come up and be like hey can i have some because i might need it on me i've um in my my personal experience um everyone wants to carry it on them um but and sometimes it'll be like it's funny because as me i have i still give everyone the training doesn't matter if they're emt doesn't matter if they're fire i like still go through it and they're like yeah i do this every day but um we're still really thorough and make sure that everyone knows um you know our training and the steps so that's my experience with it i don't know if theo's had a different one yeah no i mean law enforcement it's crazy how many times like police officers will come up to us and be like oh my god like i don't have this and like mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like crazy it's a little yeah yeah it's kind of crazy yeah. <laughs> well, i mean like resources are limited things are yes. hard to yeah. get right yeah. so like when we partner with like local communities part of that is making sure that each layer is trained on how to respond because again we need everyone working on this together yeah, yeah. totally sometimes is it is it hard for people to come up to you because they know that law enforcement is around because they feel like they're scared and they committed a crime uh, not too much. I think that um, just my. I think that ever since you know Pasquale has been so vocal and Insomniac especially, like again, <laughs> yes. they really like allowed us to be and take up this much space. Like, yeah. um, again, like so so grateful for them for kind of leading the charge in big festivals that yeah allowed us there. Mm-hmm. But ever since like Pasquale posted about it, like everyone's like, hell yeah, like this is something we've needed. Yeah. So really it's kind of like been a snowball effect. Um, and we've partnered with a lot of different um, amazing event organizers and um, brands. So I would, I'd say in my experience, I've never had anyone super afraid since yeah. it's been I wonder so why common. it took so long though. I'm just like, it's just like a question, but like why now? My, th- my theory, if I, if I may throw this in, it goes back to Dare. It goes back to D.A.R.E. Once upon a time, D.A.R.E. was, you know, the organization yeah. that said abstinence, abstinence, abstinence. I remember That's being true. in my health class in eighth grade and they had a D.A.R.E. person come in and they, you know, they did the whole like, if you even so much as think about doing drugs. Don't do it. Yeah. Well, no, no, you'll be arrested. It's yeah. not don't do it. It's you'll be arrested. I just feel like it's been ingrained in our heads that we'd always get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. The, the only yeah. thing I remember from D.A.R.E. is um, them putting the cups on the fences and spelling out D.A.R.E. Yeah. Yeah, you guys remember that? No. They didn't do that. I went to a private school. Oh, okay. so I don't Never mind. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm talking about, right? Where they put like the cups in the little, you know, the fences that, like the wired fences mm. that. Actually, no. Oh, no. Okay. All right. <laughs> 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 they give us t-shirts. They got t-shirts. Yeah. I mean, in any case, I feel like that could be a good reason or a potential reason why, you know, a lot of people are scared because it's been ingrained and nobody taught them the, um, the, Good, good Samaritan. No one, no one taught them the Good Samaritan law. Yeah. So, and then with um, Pascal doing what he did by opening up, because the voice has always been there. Based on what you guys have been saying, and I believe the voice has always been there. It's just no one was 
no one was listening and no one gave them a microphone. You needed that big push. I, I, th I think there was more going on than you might have realized in the mm. background. Yes. Yeah. Something that I was going to say is someone that really pioneered this space was Dan Safe, and they've been around doing this since like the 90s, like mm -hmm. taking, like testing drugs yeah. and mm -hmm. really like strongly advocating for harm reduction in this mm -hmm. space. Yeah. Um, they really like set the yeah. like basis and no, the foundation 100%. for us for yeah. sure. Um, but also there was like things like the Rave Act. Literally, it was against yeah. the law for people mm, that's to true. do drugs in establishments. And a lot of event organizers were so scared to even have a rave. Even, no, they couldn't control. Yeah, but, that's yeah. why anyway, moved. <laughs> that's just oh. like the history um, of it. But everything you guys said, like, yeah. yeah. Can, can you uh, explain what the Rave Act is? I have not heard of that. Um, yeah. The Rave Act, so I don't want to like speak too much on it, but essentially it was a law put into place I believe federally that said that any um, like event organizer that was throwing a rave was literally illegal because raves were associated with using drugs. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I know that Pasquale had a lot of problems um, uh -huh. with it. Disco Donnie, if you yeah. guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it w made it really scary for organizers to like have raves. And then like warehouse warehouse culture came yeah. in and. Yeah. Um, which was also illegal, but people were just really scared because uh, there was this really a demonizing association with yeah. drugs and yep. raving, 100%. drugs and raving. And we still hear it today. Like you said, oh, you rave? Oh, you do drugs. Yeah. So yeah, that's, immediately. That's what comes uh, to mind. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's like if that happened to like to raving and to like warehouse, you know, stuff, then that eventually like nightlife is just like, yeah, people are going to do it. You know, like they're, they're yeah, the, the big thing with the rave act is like. The promotion right so like yeah. if you were like encouraging drug use i think is like uh, yes uh, yeah right? i guess it makes so sense. like if you're if you're throwing a music event that's encouraging the use that you're mm -hmm. gonna have a bunch of problems coming yeah. towards you and so like one of the problems was if we have this thing here mm -hmm. is that encouraging people to use right and so no one's encouraging anyone to do anything, right? Yeah. People are coming and using of their own volition. We just want to have more safety measures. Yeah. And yeah. some things that happened recently is Narcan was in approval to become an over-the-counter medicine. Huh. So that is a huge step, right? Yeah. Because, you know, it, the language in that is a lot different, right? Like you, can, everyone can agree that like, hey, if you're trying to prevent death from happening, okay, that's fantastic, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no promotion of use in that. Right? right. So yeah. for us, yep. we really focused on how can we train people to respond to emergencies uh, so they can save lives. Right. Yeah. And in that sphere, you know, it's really protected. So you don't run into that problem. Um, I'm curious, like, are there any struggles of being a nonprofit? Like, how are you guys funded and like all that stuff? Yeah. I feel like that was a question. Oh, yeah. 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 I've just, just always been curious. Nonprofits are hard. Yeah, because oh uh, when I was in college so for my senior project, we worked on nonprofit. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, I just. Yeah, I was just curious. No, that's an amazing question that's because yes, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, um, fundraising right is we have to fundraise for for what we do. Mm -hmm. We have no um, financial investors. Yeah, so all oh, of wow. our naloxone that we give out are is literally from personal donations and uh, um, donate, fundraising guys, efforts. Yeah, send yeah. us a link. We'll put it in our description. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. For if it's a nonprofit, you're not even allowed to get. 
investors, correct? Or is that not? Yeah, no. So like, you know, it's not like a business. You don't have a bunch of seed funding going on, right? Like everything is grassroots. You don't have like people coming up and being like, here's a million dollars, right? Not even angel investors, like nothing. Uh, We haven't, we haven't had one of those. I mean, like for us, the, the big thing that's really supported us are small donations from our community, like $5, $10 donations are really what powers the whole thing. People look at us and they're like, It's not like that. Like we wow. put wow. we put in a lot of time and effort. Like Darcy runs yeah. logistics on our fundraising constantly, <laughs> yeah. which is really, really challenging. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. So it's yeah, it's it's um funny being in this position because I've never been someone that's like had to ask it's just like asking for money is not it's, comfortable. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like I am so passionate about the mission and we cannot operate mm-hmm. without fundraising yeah Yeah. but it's like we send out um like email blasts and there's like oh it's like we're i feel like we're always asking for donations and it's literally because we are giving out naloxone for free um right now i think over the counter just one dose of clocks auto which we give you guys at um, festivals goes mm-hmm. for about seventy dollars, um, so we oh, give out ten. Wow. We give out ten thousand at EDC. Each one costs about seventy. Um, oh my! So that's gosh. all through personal donations and fundraising. What? And also we have sorry, like far, um, big pharma donates. Yeah, so we get we get some fund. Like so, a huge portion of like the <laughs> ways that we get like that in the lock zone is some of what we pay for out of pocket and it's incredibly expensive, right? Yeah. Like buying Narcan, buying Clicks Auto, like is incredibly expensive. A thousand doses, if we bought for Narcan would be $45,000, right? <laughs> Holy And we shit. give out about 5,000 doses a month, right? Yeah. And so a hu- we get about- a million? <laughs> so we get about uh, 2,000 doses from the state every month. Uh-huh. So for state of California. Yeah. And then we get them for their um, medication grant. So one company that's been really helpful to us is is actually another nonprofit called Direct Relief. They actually Mm do uh, medication donations for every type of medication throughout the country. Uh, And they'll donate a few thousand doses, which is very, very important to us. Uh, Last year uh, through HICMA, HICMA uh, is an amazing company. They actually make the generic brand of naloxone that you use with a needle and a vial. Mm. And they support uh, nonprofits like the Remedy Alliance, which is where a ton of harm reduction organizations get low cost naloxone in a vial, which we also benefit from. Yeah. Uh, a huge amount of naloxone that we give out is actually the vial with a needle, right? Yeah. It's much, much less expensive. It's about $1.50 as opposed to like 45 right? Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, we've also gotten medication grants that upwards last year we got uh, 1.2 million dollars worth of medications donated to us wow, and that's uh, awesome. it, without that we wouldn't have been able to do the work that we do mm-hmm. and what we were able to do with that cost savings is we were able to open up new programs where we went out to like local public schools we brought yeah. it to underfunded communities mm-hmm. uh, we were able to get like bilingual services we made an entire training that's in Spanish so oh, like you can nice. take modules yeah, that's and that. amazing uh so it it's a lot of effort on our part like we spend a lot of time uh just looking for creative ways that we can work with people to keep our mission going yeah and just spread the word honestly i feel like at that point it's just like yeah i feel like it's all it's uh, education and making it I say this about the American um, educational system all the time. There's a lot of things that are missing. I'm not going to like attack what's there, there, but I am going to say there's a lot of things uh, that are just not taught. And this is one of those big Mm -hmm. things that's just not in the educational system. Because imagine if every, every child was taught this, we'd be in a lot safer place. 
Yeah, but I mean, again, we're super grateful to the people that have like helped us direct relief, Hikma and their medicine, Clixado, like all those things have allowed us to conduct outreach in places that we would have never dreamed of. So yeah. Uh, if you're listening to this and you want to donate, start a fundraiser. We'll definitely put the link. Yeah, link will be yep. in the description. Please, Love please, that. please donate. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it, it would be really cool to like one day see this stuff being taught in health class. Mm-hmm. In yeah, like it should be. It should yeah. be. Yeah. yeah, well, that's definitely a focus. We do um, do naloxone trainings in schools. Um, big shout out to Gianna, who does a lot of our school trainings and aj um on our team does a lot of like staff and industry trainings yeah so and then again we have we we would not be able to do what we do without our college chapters like yeah. doing these trainings all throughout the country so we're definitely focused on schools um and that would be our our goal to really yeah. get this into you know all schools like yeah. you were talking about yeah. that's the that's like the root that's like where it starts you mm-hmm. know so i think it's important to um teach kids early like the right thing Teach them, yeah. Yeah, while they're developing. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> My mind's kind of buffering Dude, right now. Yeah, I'm just like processing, <laughs> processing all the information. Like, like, like that. This has been one of those those episodes where it's just like highly educational and like mm-hmm. um, questions I had are being answered and thoughts that we're moving in the right direction. I feel like. Yeah, I feel like we're all moving kind of in the right direction, and I feel like it's like a it's a thing that you know gives gives everyone a good sense mm-hmm. of purpose of like you know what we're just trying to keep everyone alive here yeah oh i remembered um so <laughs> <laughs> sorry i just uh, so i i had a question um for you guys how has like your involvement in and overdose impacted um the way that you guys socially um i guess do things or like uh if you guys i don't know if you guys party at all but um, like how, what are like the precautions or steps obviously that you guys take or like, I mean, you don't have to answer, but do you guys partake in any stuff? Well, maybe that's not a good question. Yeah, that's not a good question. <laughs> but like, just how has it impacted your guys's like, um, social life? I'm friends with a lot of, um, people that, that decide to use drugs and kind of my perspective on that is, um, personal choice i because i work for end overdose it's actually been really cool um recently i it's not how i measure my success but it's been really cool at edc i had a breakthrough moment where like people started coming up to me and being like are you darcy from end overdose and i'm like wait i'm not even really on the social media but people (laughs) were like really recognizing me through my you know outreach and i post on my socials all the time about it so it was just so cool that i was like damn i'm recognized for my work personally in this field yeah and what i mean like how that connects is people are like oh my god you're darcy like i'll get random dms and they're like hey i'm like kind of you know afraid to ask anyone else like do you have test strips can can i grab some for from you from your hotel or something and i like will be like i'm never associated myself with a rave mom but i'm like the harm reduction like woman reduction queen yeah (laughs) Yeah. and like all my friends will come to my like hotel room or whatever before a festival and i'll just do like you know narcan narcan trainings for my friends and the superhero so that's how i would say it's affected my social life i've definitely like fell into this role and you know worked worked into this role to represent something that i care so deeply about and i can like teach friends strangers people at festivals and that's how it's affected my social life for sure yeah 
for sure. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I've been sober for, like, uh, 12 years. So, Congrats. Uh, like, I actually got Jeez. introduced to, like, rave culture and everything through sobriety. And so, for me, yeah. like, ever since I started End Overdose, like, I've always had people reach out to me and, like, asking for test strips, asking for naloxone, mm -hmm. and just kind of being like that, kind of like that person that, like, you could rely on. So, like, if you just like Darcy's saying, right? Yeah. Like you're going out and you're like, ah, shit, right? Like this is happening. You know, can you help me out? Like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's like what you said earlier about, uh, you said you don't have a rave dad, but you guys kind of like are the rave dad. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. superheroes. Yeah. They're like, yeah. superheroes. <laughs> I've definitely like come into that role at EDC. I mean, I know earlier one of your questions was like a scary moment mm -hmm. and um, like one of the scarier moments I had was anytime someone was on the ground at EDC and I was with a group, everyone was like, oh, Darcy, like, which is cool because yeah. I'm, I'm confident yeah. I'm down. It's what I do for, yeah. for work now. Like right. I'm so comfortable teaching other people and I would be the person to always, you know, identify what's going on, yeah. call the medics. Um, but there definitely was a scary situation at EDC. Luckily it wasn't someone overdosing, but I did get projectile vomited on, Whoa. um, which was so fun. And <laughs> so I fun. would imagine. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? It was not that bad. Yeah. So, like I helped her out, mm -hmm. got her to, into a wheelchair from a medic and it was all good so um yeah it's good to be the rave mom the harm reduction queen whatever people want to call me <laughs> I it feels good. yeah <laughs> not good to get projectile vomited on but good that you uh, have were that reputation there, yeah or that you were there to provide that yeah. help. oh what an experience yeah. it was <laughs> what an experience. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you were able to uh, clean yourself up right after yeah luckily we were we had like our um staff camp on site yeah. oh, oh nice. perfect okay. only a Imagine. 25 minute walk with vile on me but it's oh. Oh, I'm, just, no, I'm just being dramatic. It was fine. It was fine. You should have got a go kart. I know. Should have, right? Yeah. No. Sorry, no go kart. <laughs> Maybe they're one like day. driving the go kart. They're like. Yeah, yeah. It's like no, it would be so cool if you guys have like a go kart on the festival grounds. You're like, you get a naloxone and you get it. Just throw it out, and you're like, okay. Cannons of naloxone at the yeah. stages. Just Someone like, suggested that, like the t-shirt cannon, yeah. just blast them out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how those work. But instead of an art car playing music, you just got all of an overdose on top. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> It's just designed like a giant naloxone spray. Like. Yeah. <laughs> That's some great marketing. Thanks. <laughs> you know, hire me, me for marketing. <laughs> End Overdose Music in. Festival. <laughs> yeah. Come plan it with me. Yeah. 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 That would be so sick. Yeah. I think we should make it happen, yeah. honestly. We could collab on it. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you made it this far, thank you for being here. And uh, this is going to be the naloxone trading that you need to know and everybody needs to know. So also share this to other people. And... Uh, Save life. And we're going to cut to it right now. Perfect. So thank you all for taking the time out of your day to like listen to this training. Thank you for the whole team coming through. Uh, today we're going to be going over in a section by section, step by step fashion on how to identify and respond to overdose. And uh, Darcy's going to take us through the first three steps and I'm going to take you through the next three. Totally. Yeah. So say you're at a festival and you see someone um, unconscious or on the ground. The first thing you got to do is recognize the signs and symptoms. Um, the first would be pinpoint pupils. A really good way to, you know, check what that looks like is, you know, take your flashlight over somebody, open up their eye and go away and towards their you know, eyeball. If it stays as a tiny pinpoint, their pupil doesn't dilate and it's like literally looks like a period at the end of a sentence. Highly likely they're having an opioid overdose. Um, this is also called meiosis. The second one would be respiratory depression. Uh, a normal healthy person would be breathing at about 12 to 20 breaths per minute. Um, someone undergoing an overdose 
would probably be breathing under 10. Uh, this also could look like noisy breathing or like pretty labored breathing. You might want to like put your ear on their chest and try to like see their breathing rate. Um, and the last one would be, or this is the opioid overdose triad, by the way, we like to kind of go by these three main ones, um, would be loss of consciousness. So they could be nodding off, like kind of in and out of consciousness or just fully out. And um, you definitely want to make sure that you try to kind of check for responsiveness, um, try to wake them up, yell their name. Um, you know, you want to do some painful stimuli. If they were just drunk, they would probably wake up to this. So you want to make a fist and do a sternal rub like this on their chest. Respectfully. <laughs> Got that from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. And uh, or do the trapezius pinch would be pinch on their trapezius mu muscle. If they're not responding to that, you know, highly likely that they're having an opioid overdose and it's a serious medical emergency. Um, then you want to really make sure to call 911 and get medics on their way. Uh, naloxone is an amazing, amazing medication, but it is a temporary solution. They need to get to a hospital. They could re-overdose in about 30 minutes time um, if, you know, they get the naloxone and then don't go to a hospital. So you really need to make sure medics are on the way. Perfect. And then right after that, I mean, one of the things that we want you to reassess is one is basically check for a pulse, right? So there are a couple of different ways that you can do that. The first one is by checking for your radial pulse. The second one is going to be your carotid. So if you all go ahead and touch your little thing right there, yeah, you can feel it. Guarantee you have one at home. Uh, and you're basically going to locate it right onto a person. The reason why you want to do that is because if somebody doesn't have a pulse, you want to go into hands-only CPR right away. Mm -hmm. However, most cases in overdose, the person has a respiratory problem. They'll still have a pulse. They just won't be breathing well, and they won't be able to sustain uh, life with that type of breathing. So what we want you to then do is we want you to administer the naloxone. So this is the naloxone that we have. It's a nasal atomizer, which means when you push down on the plunger, uh, medication comes out in a mist, uh, and it gets taken to the mucous membranes in the nose and then into your bloodstream. So the person doesn't have to be breathing for it to work. Really simple to use. Uh, you'll take the medication out, you'll place it into somebody's nostril, and then you'll push down on the plunger. Do one of you all want to give it a try? There it is. Don't be afraid. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> the lanyard. It was the lanyard that got it. Don't worry. You just rip that off. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, none of that, yeah. right? We can't have that. But this medicine should work in about three to five minutes. Uh, while you're waiting for it to take effect, what we want you to do is we want you to do something called rescue breathing. So we want you to form a seal around the lips, right? That's just like going mouth to mouth mm -hmm. and giving one breath every five seconds, right? Yeah. If that's the only thing that you did uh, and you didn't have this medication, you would save that person's life because it's an oxygen deficiency problem, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when you're breathing for someone, you don't need to inflate them like a balloon. All you do is just see enough for their chest to rise and yeah. that's the perfect amount of air, right? Uh, in five minutes, if you don't notice any change or a, a this person regaining consciousness or any response to the medication, you can administer a second dose, right? Some things that you'll notice right away, uh, if the medicine is working, you'll notice a color change. The person will kind of go from like a pale or a blue to like pink flush skin. They may start breathing on their own again. They may wake up and say, hey, thanks. But most of the time what happens is person will feel really sick. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, if someone starts vomiting, what we want you to do is we want you to turn them onto their side like this. Mm -hmm. And that way they don't choke on their own vomit. We hate that. Mm -hmm. So 
real simple. Those were six steps on how to respond to an opioid overdose. You can go online. You can take our training at endoverdose.net. Training's a little bit longer, and we provide a certification there, and we'll send a naloxone kit to your house. We only ask that you cover shipping. You can even tack on fentanyl test strips for free. Uh, we're really grateful to be here and with all Great of you guys. Deal. So thanks for yeah, thank you guys so much. Yeah, but um, no, but seriously, guys, like this is like it's a really big thing. So uh, if you can, like, please go and take the course. And um, yeah. at your next event, go and stop by the booth. Um, it's really important that all of us get the resources we need mm-hmm. to help. And we are a community, so we're there to look out for each other. Plur. All right, back to the episode. And we're back. Welcome back. Thank you for watching that if you did. The Um, concept of editing and and like film sometimes is just so silly. My brain works in very different ways because of that editing life. Uh, But yeah, if you um, stuck around and watched that, thank you so much. Um, Please, uh, if you can, share it with a friend. Share it with uh, anyone that doesn't know about um, how to properly... Uh, distribute and use naloxone Mm -hmm. Um, it's very important that we all try and stay as educated as possible i also think it's uh uh, really important that just because you're trained doesn't mean the rest of your rayfam is trained so like i feel like if everybody in your rayfam was trained it just kind of it's it's a math it's just math it Mm. multiplies the chances of everybody being able to take care of everybody yeah yep Random question. I, I guess you guys kind of already answered it, though. Is I mean, we always ask um, if our guests are like ravers themselves. And so I know you were saying that you got introduced to rave culture through being sober and stuff. But do you guys ever go to raves just like just cause, not just not like fun. through end overdose, but just like just to go enjoy the music? Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Oh, my gosh. I was like the biggest raver i would try to go to everything um and then i started to get to go for work and i'm like now i'm going to everything everything yeah which i love it's not taken any of the magic away (laughs) Mm -hmm. at all um yeah i like fell in love with raving it was kind of weird my first like music festival was coachella so i like kind Mm -hmm. of Ah. but i was very much a raver at coachella i was like find me in the yuma like i'm not type of person Um, do lab at all times (laughs) yeah exactly like do lab in yuma is where i'll be at um i like just love nocturnal wonderland that's one of my favorites i love camping festivals um yeah i love ever breathe raving for sure (laughs) i love that same yeah, I uh, I used to more like uh, one of my favorite artists is uh, let me like pull this closer is like <laughs> Virtual Riot. So like, uh, oh, and so like, there, there was there was like you know uh, I kind of like before I like we started End Overdose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was kind of more into that scene. I, I like love DIY shows. I love like underground stuff. Of, yeah. Like just like some scuzzy like random place like yeah. in the middle of LA. In a sewer. Like I want to go there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And so by the time we had started End Overdose, I had just kind of like fallen into different genres and fallen into different stuff. Also, my work is like a firefighter. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll be up for like three days and then we'll go shoot a video and you'll yeah. see wow. me in some of these videos. And I'll be like, <laughs> no, I, I have yeah. no idea how he does it. Like, he'll call me to check in. He's like, how things like, are you free to check in? I'm like, yeah, sure. What's up? He, and I'm like hearing sirens in the back. And he's like, yeah, it's cool. Like, I, I'm just on a shift. And I'm like, how are you awake? How are you focused? Yeah. Like, I, it's crazy. So I don't, I don't get out as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely, definitely a part of it. I love that. Virtual Riot, that guy, that guy's brain works 
it, it's on another level um we've gotten like a couple chance we have we have friends that are connected with him so we've um you know been able to hang out with him a few times and just the way that um he that speaks about music the way that man's <laughs> brain works with yeah when he's talking about music or like yeah, yeah anything related um is crazy i i can safely say that there's nothing else that better that he could do than music because the way his brain oh my god yeah i've watched <laughs> his like work a little bit i'm like yeah have, have you ever seen the four producers one sample video uh from like andrew huang on youtube oh i highly recommend watching it it's um so th there's this youtuber his name is andrew huang and he works in in music and um one of his first episodes he did of this series uh where he he just got four artists uh including himself to um use a, a piano sample and they mm. all made a song from it and uh val virtual riot was one of them and insane he literally turned the piano like uh, the piano key sounds into like percussion and like yeah. just these weird like granulated sounds and he, listening to him explain it on camera is just like someone speaking Chinese like on <laughs> like on a video I just I couldn't understand any of it but it just sounds like super cool <laughs> I love that. and yeah I highly recommend Wait, if, what what are all of your favorite artists I'm so like curious i'm a i'm a bass head but i'm also a huge sad girl so like seven lions elenium <laughs> uh trivecta crystal skies oh is your favorite artist said this guy no i didn't absolutely cry my eyes out at edc while the fireworks went off and rain started to come down uh, and, during, his know, set. during his set <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't i didn't message him at all and say like yo i know your name is said this guy and all but the, the rain was a bit much and he laughed at my joke i, I didn't do that at all <laughs> <laughs> who's your favorite artist I'm definitely more of like a techno and house okay. person. I love uh, like I hate models was my favorite set oh, at ADC. It's like yeah. ripping hard techno is insane. Um, nice. And I love like disclosure. It's just happy. Oh, oh. Yeah. Wait, so if you're I a big disclosure. techno and house house head, yeah. would you say that the because we talk about this a lot in previous episodes, would sure. you say the EDM space is kind of going in that direction right now? Because like every other artist, quote unquote popular artist, is doing a techno song yeah. here, a techno moment there, or drum and bass, or drum and bass. Drum and bass is I love drum and bass. Mm -hmm. It's having a comeback. Dimension. It's, it's coming. Oh my god, Dimension was my favorite set at EDC twenty twenty one. Yeah, yes, so good. Um, but that's a really good question. I think it's like kind of where the money's at, to be honest. And I think that's why. But um, I mean, John Summit is taking over. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think Moonboy's taking over. I'm oh, a big Moonboy fan. Wait, who's your, who's your favorite artist now Moon besides Moonboy? Okay, besides, besides Moonboy. That's it. That's all I know. That's it. Oh, Moon Moonboy. Uh, uh, <laughs> the one and only. There's like an inside joke going here that like, she, you were like. No, no, Moonboy's on the, like, on the rise. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He makes great music. He has great sample Sounds packs. Sick. Yeah. I've never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is Zed. Um, I've like literally since I uh, started listening oh. to EDM, uh, or maybe a little after, because I got introduced through like Skrillex and Dead Mouse, obviously, like back Great. in high school. Mm -hmm. But um, Zed, ever since I heard Zed, uh, he's always been my favorite, and I love how he blends um, like pop with EDM, and um, yeah, and I think he's a great guy, and. Um, I think he's done a lot with his career. I look he's up to him a lot. He's extremely humble. And he's, yeah, he's extremely humble. Extremely well, humble. We, we, yeah, we, uh, we did a video on him like maybe a couple of years ago and he um, invited us like out to a show. And then ever since then, um, I'm fortunate enough to be able Besties. to chat with him. Yeah. And he's always so humble every time I talk to him. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. yeah. Well, before Patreon. the outro, is there anything that you guys want to share with, you know, the oh, audience? Oh, yeah. Like Upcoming. what you guys have going on and stuff. Um, just an opportunity. Or even to just any more information that you guys yeah. want to like spit out. Mm -hmm. 
Can we like share that stuff? I feel like we have to keep it some of it a secret. I, uh, is yeah. it some of it? It's some of it, definitely. When does this air? 25th. Wait, were we not supposed to say hard summer? No. Uh, I mean, not? it's going to... I think we can say I think it'll summer. be announced by them because this is coming out like July 25th. 25th. Oh, June cool, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, June, yeah, then yeah, I won't. Yeah, yeah, then I'm not gonna. Ju- uh, hard summer's probably really fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I feel yeah. like I feel like it's no surprise. Like nope. since, since you guys are now connected I think it's, with Insomniac, yeah, people are used to it. I think I'm. I always assume there's an end over. Like honestly, half the time we have our meetups at the end over. I end love that. Oh, yeah. um, if you guys want to collab, like do a meetup, I'd be so yeah. down. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I'll text you. But yeah, we have some really exciting. Um, partnerships and new things developing, which we can't just say just yet, but like super big things on the horizon. And excited for you guys. Um, yeah. We're just so stoked. But right now, like we'll be again on any on every um, Millennium tour stop in the U.S. Right now, yeah. um, tons of local events all the time. We're always looking for people to like join our team and volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the main thing we always want to bring it back to is like the training. Like mm-hmm. if you're not certified, go take our online training. It takes like 20 minutes yeah. and it's free and we'll ship naloxone right to you. Yeah. Um, you never know when you could save a life for real. Yes. Yeah. Um, go ahead and just leave in the comments below. If you went and got training, just, just let us know. It'd be cool to see <laughs> if everyone is actually getting training. And then let's be honest. Y'all know that commenting is going to push this video so mm-hmm. that more people can then go get training. And we'll also have them at our next event that we throw, which I know we are in talks yeah. With one right we now, are. Um, and we are, we, yeah, and we had we had you guys on the, our last event too, which was a big success as well. Valentine's Day, yeah. I don't yeah, know if you guys remember back in house. February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 sick. Yeah. Always down to collab. Yeah. Like, love that. Any like any event organizer, or people that want to, or even like a clothing brand, anything. Just we're always down to just make you know our voices heard, carry the yeah. message, and thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Thank so you guys. so much for coming. Thanks for, Thanks for having us. It's such a treat. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. Um, wait, wait, let's have her do the outro. Oh, wait, actually, real quick. Um, Micah's <laughs> song, I want to mention real quick. Um, so uh, we the, on the next episode, we will be having Micah Martin on the podcast. And um, he's a Micah, vocalist. Yeah, he's a vocalist. Uh, he's he's done vocals for a lot Zomboy, of songs from Zomboy. Kezo. Yeah, but um, Micah Micah just had a friend unfortunately pass away from an OD, and so Micah um, actually is making a song right now that uh, might not be released at the time that uh, this is released. But if you see a link in the description uh, for it, um, t- he's donating uh, all, all the proceeds, proceeds. to uh, the kids of this friend who um, OD'd. Yeah, and so. Um, if you see that, please go check it out and um, stream it. And yeah, leave it on repeat. Leave yeah. it on repeat. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys will see, uh, you guys will like Micah in, in the next episode. The man's yeah. got some crazy stories. But yeah. Yeah. Patreons? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you to our Patreons. Yes. We appreciate you. All your we names will be here, here, like a movie screen. Uh, you Coming down. Not a movie <laughs> screen. <laughs> do one for the one time. No, I'll give you twenty bucks. <laughs> I'm just gonna put their names on screen. You know how much longer that takes me to do what I half an hour. No, <laughs> okay. It already takes me like four hours to edit each episode. Uh, 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 anyways, anyways, um, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thank you guys so much. If you haven't gotten a chance to go check out the Patreon already, please, please do. We'll have another bonus episode out very soon. But um, other than that, I'm Devin. I'm Mickey. I'm Nan. I'm Bryn. Darcy. Theo. <laughs> <laughs> and I will see you yeah. in two weeks. Yes. Do it, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.